welcome to Found in Translation, a weekly-ish exploration of one fellow's translation of the Christian scriptures, one chapter-ish at a time. I'm Brandon Rhodes, and across the internet from me is the translator himself, Brandon Johnson. Hi, Brandon. Hey, Brandon. Good to see you this wonderful, wonderful day. Yeah, good to see you. We have so much to talk about. We just went over, uh, for everybody watching and listening, went over, as we always do beforehand, everything we want to make sure we say and what do we need to skip over for uh, these verses. And there is so much here that I'm excited for. Uh, so we're going to be talking about Ephesians 4, 17 through 32. Uh, of course, in Brandon's translation of it. If you haven't had a chance to read it, uh, well, for those of you joining on YouTube or Facebook, we will have the translation up on the screen shortly. Uh, and for those of you listening, it's only like a tap away in your podcast player of choice. So in the episode notes, there'll be a link to this translation. Be sure to check it out there. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, you know, I forgot to mention uh, the topics we're going to be talking about that you should focus on. So might have to hit pause again. Uh, but really, the big two are going to be we're going to break up from what verse 17 through uh, 23 or so. Uh, 20. Yeah. 24. Yeah. Kind of the paragraph. Yeah. That yeah. first paragraph. Uh, and then, and we're going to take that at a big level because a few of these subtle changes add up to uh, a, a much larger insight about how to read this. Uh, and the same thing is true of that second big paragraph, 25 through 32. So that's going to be the shape of this episode. So let's start it up. So Brandon, could you please read through uh that first paragraph and any and then provide yeah. some setup yeah i'm just going to read the whole thing because like you said it's there's like words here and there that kind of add up to a larger mm -hmm. a larger shift so therefore i'm saying this and insisting by the lord you are no longer to walk as other people groups walk guided by ineffective thinking their way of thinking is shadowed estranged from the vitality of God because of the unawareness that is among them, because of the numbness of their hearts. They have given up grieving for themselves and given in to unrestrained indulgence in unclean activity and every greedy appetite. But that is not the way you learned about Christ if you really heard about him and were taught about him, how the truth is with Jesus. You are to strip off the you of the former way of life the old person withered up in pursuit of illusory desires and let your way of thinking be rejuvenated with the life breath. And you are to put on the new person created aligned with God's standard of justness and dedication to the truth. Lord, Lord. Thanks be to God. What a, <laughs> yeah. I have to say every, I feel like every time we read Paul, I'm like, well, that was a mouthful. So congratulations mm -hmm. to you for reading it out loud. 
Yeah. <laughs> with dignity. It's like getting tongue tied every sentence here. But. Yeah. And it's so easy to get lost in some of the loquacious meanderings. Uh, mm-hmm. So what's the, what's the big flow conventionally translated here? And how could we, yeah, how did you see. do better? Paraphrasing basically, yeah. uh, you know, you're not supposed to be like those other guys who are any other stubbornly guys. terrible. They just, they're terrible. They know it. And they're like all about it. They refuse to hear anything different. Um, and you know, like you've been like that too. So just stop it. Stop being bad. Um, it's kind of, it's kind of <laughs> it. Like it's all built on like lies and yep. stop. just yeah. stop it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and it's, it's not that like, they're talking about things that do cause harm. It's not like, yeah, they are. It is talking about a change, like make a change mm-hmm. towards what's life giving instead of what leads away from life. Yes. Um, but it's a, with a really different tone, I think, than is usually done. It's usually this really angry, punitive, like stop being so bad. Don't misbehave. Um. Yeah. And I, I, it's not that it's, it's ineffective thinking, not like evil thinking, right? It's, it's, what is the actual word there? Um, I lost where I am. It helps if I'm looking at the right paragraph. Mm-hmm. Okay. So. I don't, I don't know what the what traditional one is off the top of my head, but yeah, I'm th- so I'm thinking, I'm seeing ineffective. I'm starting thinking like Ecclesiastes, like vanity, vanity, everything is meaningless. Sure, right? sure. So it's not about um, misbehaving, being bad. It's about like trying to accomplish feeling alive, getting your needs met in ways that just really just don't work. Um, and that think way of thinking is shadowed. It's not it's it's dark it's not clear you can't you're not really seeing where you're going and it's taking you farther away from the vitality of god mm-hmm. um life of god would be an okay translation there but we, we tend to use um in english we use life and living as like how you live and that's not what it's talking about here the the biblical way to say that is walk um so when they use the word life they're actually talking about like being alive Mm-hmm. Uh, that vitality um and it's about unawareness numbness um all the stuff that's coming away from, i think the huge hinge for me is what like esv and nat and stuff do callous as in like mean and unfeeling um sure. yeah looking up that word in the greek it's it's actually like stopping feeling pain um stopping up grieving so they've given up grieving for themselves and instead of allowing themselves to feel the sadness feel the pain of whatever hurts they've endured um 
just like make themselves numb to it, shut it all out and try to fill that void with things that make them feel good for like five minutes. Mm -hmm. Scrolling on our phone would be an equivalent today. Just drowning it in alcohol would be another thing. Like we all have our ways to run away from. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever it is. And it doesn't have to be big things. It could be eating a, a box of donuts by myself just because I don't know what else to do right now. Like it's, and it doesn't even have to be something like bad, bad or unhealthy. Right. It, there's like, plenty of neutral ways that we just kick down field feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Looking, scrolling on my phone is a good example of that. Like it's not a bad thing, but yeah. if that's consuming my whole life, if that's a way that I'm avoiding actually living, actually being alive and engaging with the world around me then yes then it's causing causing me harm not mm-hmm. it's not about me being bad to other people yeah um the side effect though is that you if you turn off the Brene brown which chrissy and i call her saint Brene. yes um saint Brene says that if you you can't selectively numb emotion if you numb one you numb them all and so that makes it so that like motivation is based in emotion. Uh, yeah. Empathy is based in emotion. You can't sense and care about what other people are experiencing if you have turned off your own emotions because you just can't fe- take feeling your own pain anymore. And wow. the alternative isn't wow. just like be lost in your own pain and like suffer. Like that this is not to individuals. This is to the church as a group. So we're supposed to be there taking care of each other in that. So the trajectory here is not, Hey, some of you are, are in such anguish. Your, your coping mechanisms for the hardness of this world <laughs> um, <laughs> are keeping you from the vitality of God. They're keeping you from one another. The way forward isn't therefore stop doing those things and pray and read your Bible every day. Keep like, it's not fundamentally individual. The trajectory right, is right. you're part of a new peoplehood, a new personhood that is shared. The personhood of, of the Christ of Christ consciousness is shared. And so the way you're going to be able to mm-hmm. um, actually grieve from yourself, actually be able to feel is fundamentally um, a draw it's a, it's a move towards communion mm-hmm. and neighborliness. Yeah. Not just rule that keeping gets... better. Yeah. Right. Yeah. As we've talked about in previous episodes, all of the you and your, all the verbs that have, are about you, they're all plural through almost the entire book of Ephesians. And it's very clear when it's not. And Mm -hmm. that is not here. It's, it is definitely plural here and it gets into the verses uh, 22 through 24. there, stripping off the you of the former way of life and putting on the new person Uh, that, that image comes up over and over in the new person, the old person are the, the old way of being a group and the new way of being a group, not individuals. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The body of Christ is the new person like you have to learn new social etiquettes for how to hold suffering mm-hmm. together like when things are hard yes give wine to those who are ailing and beer to those who are grieving <laughs> says proverbs yeah. um and 
keep going. <laughs> right. Keep right. going to- right. together, guys. Yeah. Distracting from pain for a moment is okay. Totally. Um, as long as you know that's what you're doing and not trying to solve a long-term problem with a short-term fix. Yeah, don't let expecting it be an autopilot. That yeah. To work. Um, so your your experience as as a therapist uh, has led you to catch the pattern that you think Paul is going for here. I think so. I, yeah, it's very much being filtered through my understanding of what it means for people to to grow in learning how to find like genuine life satisfaction instead of being caught in these like loops of uh, ineffective thinking and illusory desires. Like, yeah. Well, yeah. and, and this, it's helpful, I think to, to me to place this moment, this pastoral exhortation from the author at this point in the flow of the, the letter, because, you know, to recap, it began with God is making all things one through Christ Jesus, that mm-hmm. overcoming alienation and um, division to be difference within union. Case in point, Jews and Gentiles. And then, mm-hmm. hey, it, it turns out that the things that hold us captive in this world um by being a people of that kind of communion, that dis- difference within union instead of division and alienation. In, uh, in chapter three, it's that's actually this announcement of the, tri- of, uh, the triumph of God to those things that hold us captive, keep us from feeling fully and being one together. And so Mm -hmm. the rest of the book is, okay, I've made the arguments for what God has done in Christ towards that end. Here's how to enact and implement that. Here's what it looks like to live into that together as, as the new human, the new person. Yeah. Which looks, starts to get really clear if you're not taking these as like isolated paragraphs, isolated sentences, right? Even just the top of our screen here that we can see the verse 16. Um, out of him, Jesus Christ, the, the whole body is joined and held together by every ligament, the parts contributing proportionately with what each one has the ability to accomplish, making the body develop, putting itself together with love. Therefore, yes, I'm saying do talk, think about this, like don't be it shadowed in unawareness and numbness of hearts. Don't give up grieving for yourself, mm-hmm. but instead stay really present to each other, putting yourself together with love, helping each other, stripping off the former way of life, that old body of that's withered up in pursuit of illusory desires, and instead let your thinking be rejuvenated. Traditionally, it's renewed, but it's talking about a body that's old and withered. It, the opposite of that is rejuvenated like imbuing it with new life new strength Uh yeah it's not punishing this is not about bad behavior that needs to be punished this is about ways of meeting real needs that don't work and end up using up the one who's trying to meet their needs that way instead supply the way to actually meet the need in a way that really works and gives more life this is 
Yes. And that is aligned with God's standard of justness and dedication to the truth. Anything else you want to explore here in that first big old paragraph? Oh, we could probably keep going on it for a long time. <laughs> uh, this was a really fun uh, un- unrestrained fun indulgence to, to work or... on. Yeah, the unrestrained indulgence. I think it really has to do with uh, like a, a something that's not necessarily bad, like eating a donut tastes mm-hmm. good maybe even makes me feel good for a few minutes, but that starts to be unrestrained. And then it starts causing trouble. If I'm leaning on it to like, this is my source of happiness for the day. That's not going to work. You're going to need a new donut every five minutes and like three donuts in, you're going to start feeling like, Oh, you're going to know that that's not working. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the, the greedy appetite there, like the ESV, the way they translate this verse it flips things around in a really weird way. Um, it's like making it like that you're greedy to do impure things. And it's like, what? That's not even like, that's not even how the words fit together. But yeah, it's like accentuating, like, remember how much of a shit you were? We were <laughs> such shits. It's like, right. No, it's and- understanding indulgence. And I think the word unclean is so not well understood by Christians, by even the the experts out there, (laughs) I think. Um, What I have, my my working hypothesis that is very tentative, but I'm kind of still poking at it, is taking this really from starting with my work in Matthew and then seeing how Paul also uses it. I think it really has to do with like thinking Matthew like eight and nine, where Jesus is like forgiving people their deviations yeah, uh, who are not described as having done anything wrong. They're people who are paralyzed, someone who had a 12-year hemorrhage, someone who had uh, died. You know, th- these are the people who are being forgiven their deviations. Yeah, like... It's... Um, these are all people people who are ritually unclean according to torah mm-hmm. and and then he, the way jesus talks about it is like it's not what goes into your mouth it's but what comes out of it it really hinges on matthew 15 um with the the canaanite woman whose whose child mm-hmm. is healed and which is kind of a it's a difficult passage to read um but all this stuff starts to come into focus to me is like, okay, I think what Jesus is saying is it's not about like these, like, did I touch a dead body? Did, uh, do I have an injury? Um, am I a menstruating woman, like on her period? Like, these are not the things that make us unclean. It's how we treat other people. Yeah. That's, that's what makes us unclean if we're mistreating people. And then he summarizes the whole Torah, like three different times in Matthew basically as that it's how you treat other people do to other people what you want them to do to you love lord your god with all your heart soul strength love your neighbors yourself it's like three different spots Mm -hmm. where it's about how you treat other people this is what summarizes the entire hebrew bible yeah um and i think so i think paul picked that up and i think that's what it means by unclean activity is ways that dehumanizes other people 
or even yourself, really, ways of being that, that dehumanize people. Yeah. Um, and those greedy appetites that just can't get enough because you're trying to meet a need that's not intended to be met that way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, let's move on to that next big paragraph. We've got, let's see, first 25. Wow. Hey, it fits in one page. There it is. <laughs> Good. All right. Yeah. Can you set us up and read it out. Yeah, we got another therefore. And I'm looking down at the bottom of the screen there, and the next par- paragraph starts with a therefore, too. Yeah. So this is all like one kind of sustained thought with the multiple. Iterations mm-hmm. it's, here. it's not like stitched together random pastoral loquacious ramblings uh, right. and, and advice it's like there's it's smart there's they're smarter than that right yeah so if you go at the section that we read the last verse uh-huh. that we talked about mostly last week therefore put you know Taking care of each other with love, you know, so, put, putting together the body with Christ. Therefore, with love. So, and what's going to get in the way of some of that is this illusory thinking, trying to meet your needs in ways that just don't work, and mm. and being numb and numbing yourself because of because like ah, oh, it's not working, so I'm just going to stop feeling. Mm-hmm. Um. So having stripped off the lie that that those illusory desires will actually work for you um everyone speak truth with their neighbor what's the truth that that we have to take care of each other that we have to that that those illusory desires don't work that that greedy taking doesn't work um so we are all part of each other none of this competitive bullshit like if you do something that takes away from someone else that harms someone else in order to meet your own need, you're harming yourself because we're all part of each other. So when you see that happen, get angry and, and don't, don't say in while you're angry, don't deviate, but get angry. This is, we usually read this as a like, well, if you're going to get angry because people get angry, I know that's going to happen. I kind of would rather it not. Yeah. But when but it does, it. yeah, behave yourself. Yeah. Um, I don't think that's what it's, I don't think that's what it's saying. I think it's yeah. saying, yeah. do get angry. Like it, this is written as a command. Hmm. Get angry, be angry. You but need they usually to be translate angry. it as like, well, when you get angry. It varies. So I was actually pleasantly surprised to see a lot of them say like, be angry. Um, and the NIV is the one that says, in your anger, d- do not sin. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, okay, we assume you're going to be angry, but it's kind of a, would rather you not. Um, but no, this is a command. Get angry. You need to. These things are worth being angry about. And do not deviate. Both. Yeah. Yeah. Because what you're being angry about is people mistreating people. So if you, in that anger, also mistreat people, 
that, that doesn't work. Right. Yeah. Um, it's an interesting, uh, can I pause you here on, at that yeah, point yeah. and say, there was a part of me that was like really beginning to bristle at the thought of like, therefore having stripped off the lie, everyone speak the truth to their neighbor and yeah, totally be angry. And I'm thinking, okay, we were just talking about like scrolling on your phone and eating donuts or playing video games or drinking um, things that could be at surface level, fundamentally like private individual deviations or um, mm -hmm. uh, coping mechanisms that shouldn't be habituated <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, as such. And I think, man, if somebody like confronted me over um, scrolling on Twitter a lot and they had anger, I would, my best self would try to like trust that there's some sense of um, love in that for me. And also, it's very easy to think, therefore, be up in everybody's business about things that you think they shouldn't be doing because it's keeping them from feeling things and yeah. like be a busybody. But if if what you're saying is somewhere in there, the flow of it is, um, well, just that previous verse, uh, you were to put on the new person created aligned with God's standard of justness and dedication to the truth. If, a place to be angry is when those coping mechanisms keep that are that become toxic um, when they keep us from God's standard of justice, not just being mm -hmm. fastidious with your time, not just <laughs> like right, right. not not eating too much processed sugars a, or some shit. A productive like, member of society. Like, yeah. like, hey, you're are you running from something? Because the way you're chasing after your greed is making your neighbors poor. Mm -hmm. And I'm mad as hell <laughs> about that. Like yeah. it's boiling in me. Mm -hmm. And if, and trying to tie that into what are you, what, what the hell is going on in there? Like not just you're breaking the rule, but <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, I think there's two parts and that's absolutely one of them. I think that fits with versus 29 through 30 mm -hmm. through the end of the paragraph yep. there like yeah. not a single rotten word has come out of your mouth but only what is actually beneficial for putting together what is needed uh remove bitterness reactivity aggression shouting disrespectful speech and all animosity be beneficent which is a word that needs to be replaced with something better maybe active kindness or something like that <laughs> constructive kindness yeah uh toward each other deeply compassionate being generous with each other, just as God is, was generous with you through Christ. That's absolutely half of this argument. Mm -hmm. And because it's, it's talking about in that last paragraph, like when you start numbing out and trying to like, just fill the void with things that help you feel better right now without thought to the consequences yeah. for others, or maybe even yourself down the line. Yeah. Um, that causes harm. And we're part of one body. So when we communicate about the harm that's causing, do it lovingly, compassionately. Mm -hmm. And keep in mind that these two paragraphs are addressed to the same people. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's not like the first paragraph is to one group and the second paragraph is to a different group that's supposed to be angry about the first group. Yeah. Um, going back to that numbness that 
unawareness, the stopping grieving, that numbness makes it so that I just like, okay, yeah, I can see that you're being oppressed. I can see that, yeah, black people get murdered by police officers way more often than white people do. But you know what? I got my own stuff going on. I don't, I can't care about that. I can see that uh, it's being signed into law in Texas mm-hmm. for trans kids who are already hurting, already feeling scared, just are getting outed and being put in danger by law. But I don't really care about that because I got my own stuff going on. It's like, no, you need to get angry. Mm-hmm. You need to get angry about that. Stop numbing yourself. Stop just like trying to make yourself feel better by paying attention to like how I can like dissociate from life and just find like pleasures that only last for five minutes. Be pre- find a way to be present. And that's not just like get off your ass kind of language. It's like, no, like really meet your needs, like yeah, be a community yeah, yeah. and help each other out. Meet you really meet your needs so that you can have the energy. You can have the motivation to be there for others because you're there for each other. And then get angry when there's injustice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the flow here is and let the sun set on the cause of your anger. Now, yeah, don't let, not the, sun let set. the sun set. Yeah. yeah. And usually it's the, the conventional translations for whatever reason is don't let the sun set on your anger. Yeah. And it's not the same word. It's a related word. Um, this is just a couple of letters difference, um, but it's not the same word. It's the thing that is making is the cause of anger, not the anger itself. Um, and I think that's really important. And, and I think it fits with what comes next as talking about like stealing, which again goes against the being one body and you're trying to meet your own needs by taking it from someone else. Like that's not how this works. You're all parts of one body. Um, you're part of each other. Yes. Um, instead, figure out a way so that you can actually like meet your own needs and benefit other people. Like Mm -hmm. that's, that's what's in view here. And then you go down in, in verse in chapter five, and we won't spend a lot of time there, but that was part of what helped bring this into focus for me that that second paragraph, um, it starts talking about the cause of God's anger. Uh, and it's those who refuse to be persuaded in the sense of like, Hey, you're hurting people like, nah, we're not like, Hey, you billionaire. Yeah. It's not possible to earn billions. You are taking that from the people who are actually doing the work. Uh, No, we're not. We earn this. I work 60 hour weeks. I don't care. There's no such thing as work that is worth billions. No matter how many, if you worked in 24 hours a day, seven days a week. but they refuse to be persuaded. Yeah. Don't be co-participants with them. Don't enable them. You used to be in the darkness, but bring it to light. Don't let the sun set on it. Keep it in the light. Keep it where it can be seen. Keep exposing it over and over and over. Don't stop exposing it. Yes. 
don't stop holding it up where it's visible for everyone in the light. Mm. And it goes on to talk about like, yeah, it feels shameful even to, to even talk about this stuff, but you have to, you have to keep it in the light. Don't let the sunset on it. You have to be, stay angry, get others angry until it changes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I read a great book last summer, how to have an enemy, uh, mm. by Melissa Flores Bixer and, uh, man, her, like what I, one thing I took away from that book was you, it's a gift to have anger. Like, don't act like you don't. Mm-hmm. This, this is what moves. This is one of the things that can help move things forward in this world. Yeah. And here's how we're going to do that in a cruciform Jesus right. participating way. Oh, that's beautiful. Because remember, get angry and don't, don't deviate. deviate. Yeah. And be sinless. Don't <laughs> deviate from the path. Right. Yeah. Uh, but don't, but uh, don't let, don't provide a platform for the false accuser. Because if you're angry and ad hominem ing or going after the shame, playing the shame game with your anger, instead of the restorative game mm-hmm. of your anger, there's so yeah, many just ways. Just berating that, people. Yeah, yeah. If if there's theft or alienation or um, differences that become hostilities in the body, whatever it is, injustice. Uh, it's really easy to not know how to metabolize what the holy experience that we have of feeling that. Mm-hmm. And so it's really easy if we don't metabolize that as the presence of God responding in us, groaning in us towards things. It's so easy for that the false accuser to just creep up in our minds so we start shadow boxing with them or we start re reinforcing how to blame someone else for things like it just it, shit gets messy fast if we don't metabolize mm-hmm. anger and injustice especially it's mainly the injustice thing well mm-hmm. like okay now that you feel the bad thing the harmful thing the unneighborly thing yeah, this devilish spirit can totally come in. So this part of what's happening here is this is a form of spiritual warfare, to use the language of our <laughs> tribe mm-hmm. of origin. Which it then talks about in chapter six yeah. here in Ephesians. Yeah. yeah, we'll get there. This, this is all one thought. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But then, so there's this twist I mean, I guess you alluded to it earlier here because we haven't even read the whole thing all the way out uh, yet for for listeners. But um, the next passage, the next verse is whoever steals is not to steal anymore. Instead, you know, Mm -hmm. work for it and then share. And it feels like such a non sequitur. Yeah, it's like a record scratch. Like, what? Where did that come from? And then it like goes back to the main point again. Yeah. Yeah. And then here's how you talk. Right. But I, but if we're looking at this through the lens of the rest of this paragraph is kind of elaborating on these two ideas, get angry and don't deviate, don't sin. Mm-hmm. Like here where it's kind of going back and forth, 
on like trying to balance those two ideas for you. Like, okay, get angry. Don't take things from each other. Like it's not okay. And I think it's okay to like, even look at this as being representing like the larger, like, yeah, maybe I stole some bread to feed my family, but you know, that's probably not what he's talking about. Like, don't take away from someone else's life to feed your own. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I think coming back to the billionaires thing, yeah, we, we read this in the context of being Americans and capitalist society, like our value is tied to our production, get a job. Like, right. I earned this. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I earned this. And no, think first Corinthians 11 was talking about taking the Lord's supper and how they're doing it inappropriately in the sense that some people are like eating a whole bunch. And then the people who come later aren't getting anything to eat. The people who are there long enough to eat a whole bunch are the people who are landowners who are wealthy, who don't have to go and work. And then it's the people who are coming in after their long day in the field yeah. Because keep in mind, like they're meeting on the first day of the week in Roman society. They're meeting on a Monday, that, we might think of it. Yeah. Yeah. This is a work day. This is not Sunday morning uh, on the weekend. So the Romans and Greeks, every day is a work day. <laughs> right. And, and for the Jews at the time, Friday night to Saturday night was, yeah. was not. But the, the church was meeting on Sundays mm-hmm. at the end of the work day. Mm-hmm. So the people who were wealthy were coming in and eating all the, the food because they the were using the, the, the Lord's yeah. supper. They're taking communion from the actual, the meal. And that wasn't just like the little snippet that we, that we do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then the people who were, had to work in order to earn just like a day's worth of food for their basic needs were coming in and the food is all gone. And Paul is telling people in Corinth, that's not okay. That's not okay. And I I imagine it's probably the same thing here. That's like those of you who are like benefiting from other people's labor and just like taking and taking and taking, meaning the wealthy among you, uh, stop it. Instead, why don't you do some actual work so that you can benefit other people instead? and don't deviate so those of you who are doing that kind of challenging don't do it with a single rotten word instead just just what's beneficial for building unity putting together the body of christ the house of god Mm -hmm. Um, yeah Yeah, no bitterness no reactivity no aggression no shouting no disrespectful speech no animosity yeah, this isn't just a um, crockpot of random advice all like thrown together here. Of, like, oh, also no. don't steal. You should totally work for things and then share. Also, uh, be nice to each other. Don't say unwholesome things and <laughs> right. don't grieve the spirit. It's like, are you like some sort of like algorithm that just generates random <laughs> Pauline sounding things? Or... <laughs> Or is there an actual flow here? And it seems like there really is. This has been a high point for me consistently is, oh no, there's actually a logical flow that's actually, that's often much more pastoral 
than I w- I'm mm-hmm. accustomed to um, hearing these passages. Yeah, like caring for the the people that he's writing to, mm-hmm. and not yeah, Fancy weird, that. yeah, yeah. Hmm. And then, well, the last thing uh, I have in the notes that we want to make sure we discuss here, we've hinted at it a couple other times, Mm -hmm. but here it is in verse 29, uh, only what is beneficial for putting together what is needed so that it can teach generosity to those Mm -hmm. who hear it. Conventional translation there is give grace to those who hear. Right. Which makes no sense to me. And I have two seminary degrees. (laughs) Yeah. Don't let any rotten words come out of your mouth, but instead. What is, what does give grace? And that's me. Like if we're already given grace by God once for all, like, what does it even mean? Like, I I don't, yeah. 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 It's, it's pretty nonsense. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think we've been waiting to like really dig into this charis is the Greek word there. Traditionally that's translated grace. And I have started uh, using generosity anywhere charis appears instead mm-hmm. of grace. Um, and so far it has worked really well every time. Both for when it's, it's just... when God is the one gracing mm-hmm. and when humans are called to grace or charis. Right. Yeah, uh, I mean, that that's shows up a couple of verses later here in verse 32. Uh, be beneficent, uh, kind toward each other, <laughs> deeply compassionate, being gracious with each other, just as God was also gracious with you through that Christ. might actually be an okay like use of grace language there. That works. Gracious w- feels much better to me than grace. Uh, I think yeah. it's because it gets in theology. You don't really hear gracious that often. Yeah, it's grace like this... is the yeah. Yep. So, but I think that's the what we think of when we say gracious is what we should always be hearing when when the Greek word charis hmm. comes up. Mm-hmm. It's this generosity, this the sense of like, I'm gonna give you the benefit of the doubt. I'm gonna like do good things for you. Um, because I'm choosing to do good things for you. Um, I'm going to like, you do something that hurt, that hurts my feelings or whatever. Like, okay. Like we're in relationship together. Like stuff happens. We're okay. You know? Yeah. Um, that's what this is. And, And even we used the word generous. In English, like that sometimes too. It's not always about money, right? It's it's like um, if you say like, oh, that person's being really manipulative. And it's like, well, I think they're upset and they're like afraid to be direct about it. So they're trying to get their need met, but they kind of do it in a roundabout way. Like, oh, that's a generous way to talk about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's what charis always means is that sense of generosity. And it gets applied in the the very Matthew, very Hebrew Bible way of talking about sin as debt. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Like I've wronged you. So now I kind of owe you as the person being wronged. I can be generous about that and like, say, 
you know what? Don't worry about it. Like, yeah, I've been, yeah, you'd, you'd hurt me and I'm going to let it go, which is what the word we translate forgive normally means really means it's, it's, uh, by the way, forgive is never about the person. It's always about the thing. Um, it's always worded as forgive the debt, not forgive the person. Really? Um, yeah. How did we get this far? And I did not know that. That's yeah. fascinating. Dog ear that. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. So I, I don't know. It's it feels a... like it feels like there should be so much more to say about this, but it also just feels really simple. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing wildly controversial about this translation. Um, what it does is it decenters what has become religious technical language. So, like, people will clobber mm-hmm. one another, ironically, uh, with this word grace and what it can and can't do, and how it does or doesn't align with. Can, a, can God, is, is grace coercive, would be kind of a, mm-hmm. a, a dividing line among um, right. reformed and uh, uh, Thomistic folks versus the rest of us. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's like, well, look, we're not even going to like wade into all of that crap. We're just saying. Yeah, it's th- all built this on is, a faulty foundation. Yeah, like but... let's let's just see what happens if we use different words here and if it Mm -hmm. makes it less of like this weird (laughs) yeah marvel pink mist of like grace coming and doing something it's like well yeah just being generous with each other man like it's not yeah and in this context like this like dual get angry also don't deviate it really works because it isn't pretending like there wasn't anything to be angry about yeah it's saying stop doing that also we're okay mm-hmm. i'm not gonna like hold keep holding this against i'm not you. going anywhere yeah yeah and that's really what this means mm. Mm. i'm not gonna make try to make you suffer try to punish you you know shout at you and call you names and be reactive no i'm gonna respond to you with generosity we're okay also you gotta stop doing that yeah well we gotta stop doing this for now that's right uh for another week uh thank you everybody for your company uh this leg of the journey the easiest way to support fountain translation is to leave us a rating or review or thumbs up based on whatever app or website you're using you're watching this on uh, makes it easier for more people to find the show second best way to support it is to become a sponsor for just five dollars a month there's a link in this video or podcast episode where you can do that and when you do you get comment access on the translations google doc and the satisfaction that you're supporting exceptionally nerdy independent media you can find the link to join the community as i said in the show notes the music you're listening to is by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. Founding Translation was produced by Perry FM on Chinook land. Goodbye, Brandon. Hi, Brandon. Hi, everybody. <laughs>